0: Radio and thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've had a very interesting um, past several weeks, and I think we have more interesting things on the horizon. Uh, I, I want to first give my gratitude to um, Malcolm and everyone at uh, America Out Loud. Um, just been awesome in helping us promote COVID Con 21 and being very supportive of that event and also giving me the space to really focus on that for a couple weeks um so i could then come back and, and resume the radio show uh, i also want to give big time gratitude to uh, all of our, our listeners in the audience thank you so much for all of your support and everything if you missed uh, COVID con 21 i'm going to tell you it was an absolutely magical event We brought together some of the biggest names uh, from every walk of life. We brought together people like Kevin Jenkins and uh, Senator Dennis Linthicum and uh, Doctor David Martin to talk about solutions—not just what the problem is, but how we're going to solve it. How we're going to solve it by coming together and doing what's right. Uh, We. We're blessed to listen to Dr. James Lyons Weiler, um, uh, attorney extraordinaire, Tom Rins, uh Pam Popper, who's just out of this world. Her presentation blew me away, as did Dr. all of all the presentations did. But um, you know, it was just fantastic. We we heard of uh, solutions from uh, Alex Mayer with us, uh, Children's Health Defense california um susan sweeten from the freedom travel uh travel alliance uh tara thornton from freedom angels uh we we heard from the great dr peter mccullough who wowed the crowd with a fantastic presentation on early treatment um we uh we heard from uh americans in action crystal hartman and ananda uh, Conif, um, we heard from Leah Wilson. Oh, just a mar- just a breathtaking presentation, uh, Leah Wilson from Stanford Health Freedom, and um, uh, we we heard from uh, I'm I'm forgetting one person right now, and it's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to pull up the website. Give me one second to take a quick sneak peek look at this. But folks, I got to tell you, it was just beyond uh, our expectations and our hopes. Uh, and everything. And uh, of course, how could I forget Foster Gamble? Uh, Just Foster Gamble with the Thrive movies came in and he and his wife, Kimberly, are putting together a really incredible system, an absolutely incredible system uh, for communication and collaboration. It's like Facebook for good guys. Uh, We were so privileged to work with Sayer G and uh, from Green Med Info. And he Um, allowed us the the honor of being the first group to pilot his new platform, besovereign.com, which is his answer to YouTube. Uh, And I'm I'm so happy to see that so many of our great leaders are putting their money where their hearts are and creating these incredible platforms uh, like Thrive Solution Hub with uh, Foster and Kimberly Gamble and Besovereign with uh, Sayer G., Uh, We are building out solutions for communication so we can stay in this fight and keep everything really, really going. So, um, you know, we've had so many wonderful partners and sponsors, uh, you know, supporting us. It's just been overwhelming. And uh, hopefully you were in attendance. If you were, you've had access now to the video replays and all of the resources, and we're going to keep building out more resources for them. But if you're just hearing about this for the first time, COVIDCon21.com, and you want to be a part of this magic, we recorded everything, big time thanks, huge thanks to Pastor Dave and everyone at the Church of Glad Tidings who hosted us. And every time we go down there, it makes us feel like family um, because we are. Uh, just him, uh, uh, Pastor Dave, and his uh, lovely lo- wife, Cheryl, just wonderful people. What the experience was, was people from all walks of life coming together to finally discuss what's going on, not just to be outraged and complain, but to start discussing what the solutions are. How are we going to work together as one people to build the world we all deserve to live in, where freedom can reign for all people? And we've come up with some wonderful wonderful solutions. The presenters, the speakers really set the tone and it was an incredibly loving environment that we built together and something that I will cherish the rest of my life as an experience and something that I am grateful to everyone who participated on stage, in the crowd, online, behind the scenes. uh, So many people to give gratitude and thanks for a production of this size just doesn't happen Um, with the success that it it developed uh, without a lot of love energy and a lot of people putting their very best into it. So I'm I'm indebted to everyone who who has really contributed to this. So if this sounds like something you'd like to um, get a feel for, Get the information from, get the solutions, and more solutions as they come. We're building some solutions for anti-discrimination efforts with businesses right now, uh, working in partnership with Americans in Action and um, and several um, community leaders uh, in the Black community. We're 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 just very excited about where everybody is going and this understanding that we all have to come together to really put in the work that's going to be required for us to build the world that we deserve to live in. So very excited about that. Again, you can go to covidcon 21.com. There's a little button all over the site that says get full access to everything. Uh, You click on that. That'll take you to our shop, the shopping cart where um, you can uh, purchase for a very small one-time fee access to everything. And the cool part is we're going to keep building on this and keep putting out more events every month. But we're also going to put together a master class with a question and answer period every month as well, so that we can keep the interaction strong, we can keep the community very strong, and we can continue to share with everyone that even in very troubled and dark times, there is light. Even in very troubled and dark times, there are solutions. There are exit doors from all of this chaos and nonsense that really should never have existed in the first place. So very proud, very excited, and I hope you'll join us for COVIDCon21.com, the evergreen, the the replay, and for the community that we're building as well. Um, I've been asked to speak at a number of expert uh, testimony, um, you know, uh, public forums and, and debates and things like that coming up. And it really got me thinking because you know I've been in a number of them already, but it really got me thinking, everybody. It got me thinking, you know, what am I going to say that hasn't already been said? And I and so I, I started thinking, you know, about this idea of the truth is hiding in plain sight. It's something that a very dear friend of mine, Brittany Cara, has coined and, and says it quite often. And I've just found it to be so true. The truth is hiding in plain sight. Can we really be this blind? So what I started doing for the expert testimonies was I put together a presentation with uh, about 29 questions. Of course, we won't be able to get to all of them today, but I wanted to get some, to some of the key ones, especially some of the most relevant ones. Um, You know, are these still in clinical trial? You know, did the FDA approve anything? And, you know, and, and things of that nature, because we know what the public health officials who have sold out are going to say. The ones that have gone for the dollars and are all bought in on the narrative, we know what they're going to say. They're going to dance around certain things and, and try to dance around good elected officials who are asking questions and make them feel like they don't know what they're talking about when in fact the public health officials are misleading defrauding and lying to the people that they've sworn an oath to serve. And I want to be able to point that out very clearly and very easily. So what I've done is um, we've put together for the podcast version of this, we put together the uh, presentation in a PDF form so everybody can download it and have access to it. You know we want you to have these materials and verify what what we're saying. But it was very it became very obvious to me that the truth is hiding in plain sight. And I want to share that with you today. I want to share with you what truth is out there, how to get to it, uh, and how to share it with your local communities, because we can make a big difference in our counties. We may not be able to make a huge difference at state levels and at federal levels at, at the outset, but one place we can make a big difference is at the county level and at the local level. And that's going to take us having the desire and willingness to go to state um, school boards, I mean, not state school boards, but local school boards and uh, local chambers of commerce and things of that nature, and making sure that the people who are making decisions are making those decisions not based upon what they were told to do from the CDC or the FDA or some you know, mandate that's really just a press, a press conference. You know, you know, there's no executive order or anything like that. I think it's important for us to bring fact. I'm not saying bring truth, but bring fact, verifiable fact to these conversations so that these people know that they can't continue to lie, defraud, and mislead anymore. That their time is done. And what they've done with their time is deplorable. And it's time for us to bring in the light, to bring in the love, and bring in the logic so that we can make sure that the laws we hold so dear, the laws protected, the rights protected by our sacred document, the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights are honored. And we're going to have to hold the line on this and say, nope cross this line, you do, not, you do not have any business, that it is my body, it is my choice, that it is my family's body. I have to deal with the fallout, so I will be the arbiter of deciding what goes into and upon my children's bodies. I'm beside myself, that we let a guy who revels in spending American taxpayer dollars, we let a guy who revels in cutting the vocal cords of puppies and submitting them to torturous scientific experiments before killing them, we, that we let a puppy killer, a baby killer, and a citizen killer, we let him tell us what we should be doing with our lives. Never mind that he's invested, of course, financially in the very solution he's touting. Obvious financial conflicts of interest. So with all that being said, we're going to take a short break and then uh, we're going to get into some of the questions and hopefully it'll entice you to want to read through the larger document, the larger set of slides that um, have the information, the truth that's hiding in plain sight right there for you so that you can use that in your counties. You can use that locally in your conversations with your school boards, with your school, with, with, with any, with your business, with anyone who wants to debate this issue, that you now have the upper hand in terms of all of the information that is needed to win every single possible argument. Let's take a short break. And when we come right back, we'll jump into these questions and um, see if we can get about the business of helping you tap into the power you already possess.
1: Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM sleep the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed. With Healthy Cells REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com. H E A L T H Y C E L L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone. Let's, uh, let's get into this uh, here. So I'm going to start with some questions and I'm going to give some answers again. I know you're listening on radio and thank you so much for listening. To get the actual slides, once the podcast is up for this particular broadcast, just go to the uh, Energetic Health Radio on the America Out Loud platform and you'll be able to download for free all of these slides so you have this information readily at your disposal for your conversations locally and at the county level or beyond uh, and use this information this truth that's hiding in plain sight to effect change in a positive way right to tap into this power you already possess so the first question i put together for um elected officials and for these expert uh, forms is are the inoculations experimental i refuse to call them vaccines Are the inoculations experimental? Let's go to the National Institutes of Health to find the answer to this question. For the Pfizer BioNTech um, experimental inoculation, it is a COVID inoculation. It's very clearly stated that the study completion date is not until May 2nd of 2023. That means that these are still in phase three clinical trial, by definition, that makes them experimental. When we go to Moderna, Moderna is uh, estimated study completion date. And again, this is according to the National Institutes of Health. The clinical trials don't end until October 27th, 2022. That means that these are still in phase three clinical trial. That means that by definition, they are experimental. And something interesting happened for the first time a couple of days ago when I went and looked up on the National Institutes of Health uh, website, uh, clinicaltrials.gov, for the Moderna. Previously, it had been listed as Moderna in partnership with the National Institutes of Health, which is an obvious financial conflict of interest. I think we can all agree with that, that the NIH was invested in the development of the and still is invested in the development of the Moderna um, experimental inoculation. However, something happened a couple of days ago that was quite interesting. The NIH took themselves off of the partnership with Moderna and instead have listed Anthony Fauci's NIAID for the first time. And with that I gotta tell you, makes me feel like is they are cutting bait on that guy. That they're saying, you are gonna own this whole thing. We don't want anything to do with the relationship with Moderna, that it's all NIAID, which is Anthony Fauci's federal baby. But definitively, the Moderna NIAID experimental inoculation, the Moderna Anthony Fauci experimental inoculation. The estimated study completion date is not until October 27, 2022, which puts it squarely in a phase three clinical trial. And as such in a phase three clinical trial, it is by definition experimental. The Johnson and Johnson or Janssen and Janssen, when you go to the NIH uh, website uh, is estimated study completion date of January 2nd, 2023. So very clearly, this is still in phase three development, which makes it an experimental product. And it's actually when you read on each of these clinical trials, um, it is, they use the word experimental and biologic all over the place. You don't see the word vaccine anywhere. How interesting is that, right? How interesting is that? You don't see the word vaccine. It's called a biologic and you it is very clearly stated. That it, is, uh, that it is experimental. Very interesting. Why is that interesting? That's interesting because under our laws, uh, 21 U.S.C. 360 B.B.B., it is very clearly stated that EUA-approved products cannot be mandated. Yet that's what's happening. Again, under... Chapter 21 of United States Code 360 B-B-B, B is in boy, it is very clearly stated that emergency use authorized products, medical products cannot be mandated. Why? Because that would be a violation of our informed consent laws codified as 45 CFR 46. And that is those informed consent laws make it illegal to Mandate an experimental product because that would violate the Nuremberg Code and the Belmont Report, both of which made it very clear it is illegal, unethical, and immoral to mandate or force or coerce a person into participating in a human um, experiment. That human experimentation is wrong and must always be volunteer, I should say forced human experimentation is wrong, and that any participation in in an experiment must be done under the informed consent and free will of the person who wants to endeavor into that. It is wrong to force anyone. It is illegal to force anyone into an ongoing experiment. So what do we have here? All three of the emergency use authorization products are still in clinical trial and will be for quite some time. So where does some of the confusion come from? Is Cormir Nadi, which is the um, supposedly FDA approved uh, product, is Cormir Nadi um, by Pfizer fully approved by the FDA? For this, we have to go to the August 23rd FDA um, approval letter, nowhere on here does it say that it is fully approved. That's the first and foremost. No one, nowhere on this 11-page letter does it say it's approved um, fully. It's approved conditionally. But there's a couple of mitigating circumstances that everyone should be aware of. First and foremost, we have no reports of Cormier Nadi at this time being available in the United States. We have no reports that it is in production and available in the United States. So essentially what the FDA has done is approved a product that isn't in production. And they are saying that they can approve it based upon the current clinical results from the Pfizer clinical trial. That's still in progress. And that while Cormir Nadi is distinct from the Pfizer clinical trial they can use that clinical trial data to substantiate and support its approval. You see how they're playing around? This is this is a massive sellout here. Massive sellout. They are skirting every law that is put in place to ensure that human experimentation is always voluntary. They're skirting every law they can. And why? Go look at Forbes. How much money are they making? They've had to revise their estimates upwards in terms of billions tens of billions of dollars from their initial projections why well if you can get something mandated if you can call it a vaccine if you can get it mandated now you don't have to advertise the product that saves a lot of money and it guarantees customer base if you can then make sure that no one can sue if they're hurt on that product and that's the protections provided by the prep act in the 1986 national Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, how curious that the word injury is in the name of the act, that these so-called vaccine manufacturers cannot be sued. Oh, did you know that? Well, there's only one legal concept that breaches their protections of the PrEP Act and the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, and that is if there is found to be willful misconduct. And that's what my team has been pushing forward, this idea of willful misconduct uh, and why we have worked with Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher, and now we are working with multiple other elected officials in multiple states to get them to submit a petition as well, a petition that asserts the necessity for a grand jury investigation into all things covid so that we can establish whether or not willful misconduct has occurred. It is our position that significant acts of willful misconduct have happened, starting with manipulation and hyperinflation of COVID data on multiple levels and in multiple ways by the CDC and the NBSS. But let me go on with this conditional approval here of Cormier Nadi. What's interesting when you read through this letter and you can go to page seven is that we start seeing a lot of clinical trials that are, um, authorized by this letter. Clinical trials end on a variety of dates in in the very distant future. But the one study that's the old, that puts this, uh, completion of these clinical trials at the furthest date, right? Again, you have to keep in mind that you cannot fully approve a product. The FDA cannot fully approve a product until the completion of all the clinical trials, right? Well, with this new product, Cormir Nadi, that they said was fully approved, but it's not fully approved. It's conditionally approved um, under very dubious circumstances. On page seven, they say study C four five nine one zero three six, a prospective cohort study with at least five years of follow up for potential long term sequelae of myocarditis after vaccination. That's what this study does. This study was submitted. The um, initial components of it was submitted on August twenty first, twenty twenty one. Just two days before this approval letter came in, they submitted this study. And this study got from submission to approval in under 48 hours to be added on this conditional approval letter. That's shocking. Okay. But what's interesting about this study, c four five nine one zero three six is it's not scheduled to end until May 31st, 2027. Once again, this approval process, this FDA approval process for Cora Nadi cannot take place until the conclusion of all clinical trials in the conditional approval. And the clinical trial that will be last to be completed is study C4591036, studying myocarditis post vaccination. And that submission, that report won't be submitted until May 31st, 2027. So is Cormier Nadi fully FDA approved? No, none of these are fully FDA approved because they all have definitive clinical trials underway or slated to begin. Still haven't started. So it's preposterous for anyone to say and make an outlandishly misleading statement that these are fully FDA approved. First and foremost, J&J isn't, doesn't even have an approval letter like this, a conditional approval letter. Neither does Moderna. The Moderna Anthony Fauci um, experimental um, biologic doesn't have a conditional approval letter. It's only Cormir nadi that has an a Uh, FDA conditional approval letter. And even in that letter, the clinical trials don't end until May 31st, 2027. Again, the truth is hiding in plain sight. So we we've gotten and heard from a lot of public health officials are medical professionals legally obligated to report all adverse events to Varis, to the vaccine adverse events reporting system. And some people have heard public health officials say, Oh, you can't trust the data in Varis because if, if the data can be submitted by anybody. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. It can be submitted by anybody, but under EUA law, Healthcare providers, and this is clearly stated on the uh, healthandhumanservices.gov website, healthcare providers are required by law to report all adverse events, including death, in connection with the experimental COVID biologics to Varis, to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. I've seen reports that state that at least 83% of all of the COVID uh, inoculation reporting in VARIS have come from licensed healthcare professionals. So any notion that these records in VAERS are not trustworthy is preposterous. And then you have another layer as well. The CDC, which runs the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System has been deleting data um periodically since uh well since these uh experimental products were first UA approved and i can prove that because i track the data every week i track the data every week and i can show you where the numbers have fluctuated uh and where um previous numbers we've had have actually gone below what they were uh from the prior week so where as if in one week there was saying 500,000 deaths the next week there's only 450,000, you know? How did that go down, right? It went down because the CDC is deleting data, something they're not supposed to do. So where does that take us? It takes us to a conversation openly about the experimental biologics. And the first one I wanna bring you to is a great study that was done by the University of California, San Diego and the Salk Institute. Is the spike protein injurious to the human body in and of itself meaning is is the spike protein by itself can it injure the human body well in this study that was um uh that was published um around april 30th of this year the investigators put together a really excellent um study they showed that uh, their conclusion quote unquote our data reveals that the spike protein alone can damage the endothelium, which is the inner lining of the blood vessels. And this is manifested by impaired mitochondrial function and nitric oxide activity. So what they're saying point blank is the spike protein is enough to injure the human body. Well, why is that relevant? It's relevant because when we look at the Pfizer and the Moderna experimental inoculations, their mRNA sequences, once injected and uploaded into the human body, into the cell, co-opt normal cellular function to produce that exact spike protein. It, what, essentially what they are doing, these mRNA experimental biologics, what they are doing is they are co-opting normal cellular function to produce a protein sequence, that spike protein, that we know to be injurious to the human body. And the, and the dangerous part of it all is we don't even know if there's an off switch. So where does this show up? Let's just talk before we go to break. What is the current post-inoculation safety data according to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System? Okay. Well, we know through October 15th, there have been 818,000 and 44 reports of injury, okay? We know that this number has been lowered due to deletion of records several times. So it is very reasonable to think that well over a million people have been injured post-inoculation. But let's not quibble about that and let's just talk about what we can prove. We know that there have been 18,924 reports of life-threatening situations. We know that there have been 26,199 reports of permanent disability post-inoculation. Folks, no medical product has that track record, not one that has stayed on the market, not one. We know that there have been over 575 um, birth defects, post-inoculation went for moms who were inoculated and never should have been eligible, expecting moms. We know that there have been over 2,300 spontaneous abortions post-inoculation. Again, expectant moms should have never been authorized for this because they were never included in the, any of the clinical trials. We know that 83,000, more than 83,000 Americans have been hospitalized post-inoculation. And we know that there have been more than 91,000 urgent care slash emergency room visits post-inoculation. Folks, this is data that is damning right here. The safety signals are screaming at us that this is not a safe product, that these are not safe products. When we look at this by age, for data through October 15th, it shows us that the largest number of injuries are actually occurring in the 30 uh, to uh, 39 and then the 65 and older age ranges. Now the 65 and older can be expected sadly, but it's in that 30 to 39 age range that's concerning because the 30 to 39 age range has a recovery rate of, let me pull this up. Give me one second to pull this up for you. This is a huge slide deck, by the way. Sometimes I look at this and I'm like, man, I've read a lot. So let's see, where are you right here? So in the 30 to 39 age range, the recovery rate uh, from infection, from a a SARS-CoV-2 infection is 99.91% according to the CDC. But this is a group that has, one of the highest rates of injury post-inoculation. So a group that has basically no benefit, that gains no benefit from an experimental inoculation has one of the highest reports of, has the highest report of injuries in their age range. Very concerning. When we look at death, it gets even more concerning. Did you know that there have been 17,128 deaths reported to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System post-inoculation? Did you know that? Did you know that the swine flu um, vaccine program from the 70s was shut down after 56 deaths? After reports of 56 deaths, they terminated the entire program. We're at 17,128. And what's the argument we hear from public health officials? Correlation doesn't equal causation. Correlation doesn't equal causation, right? As they tug on their white coats and count the money that's been put into their pockets, right? Correlation doesn't equal causation. So I say, okay, I agree with you. So let's look at how many people have been reported as Dead within 48 hours post inoculation because it's very difficult for a person to claim that when they were healthy otherwise on Tuesday and then dead by Thursday, and the only thing that was different was the experimental inoculation, that the experimental inoculation was not the causative factor. It's very difficult to make that argument. Well, when we look at the vaccine adverse events reporting system, 5,489 deaths have been reported post-inoculation within 48 hours of getting the shots. 5,489 deaths across all age ranges. We have deaths all the way down to six months of age. How did that baby get the shot? You tell me that's a criminal act. We have in the 18 to 29 uh, year uh, age range in a, in a group with a 99.9% recovery rate, 76 deaths, 30 to 39, 96 deaths, 40 to 49, 174 deaths. These are all age ranges with a 99% um, and higher recovery rate. Yet they are subjected to an experimental inoculation under coercion, Krispy Kreme donuts, lottery tickets, blah, 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 blah or under threat. You don't take this, you can't go to school. You don't take this, you lose your job. You don't put yourself in an experiment, a human experiment, an ongoing human experiment. You lose your job, you lose your life. You lose your ability to spend time with people you love. You lose your ability to travel. You see what I'm saying? That's coercion and threat, folks. That's in violation of law. And if you do take it, you might lose your life. How can you mandate something that could result in a person's death? How can you mandate something that has resulted at the very least in 5,489 deaths within 48 hours? How can you mandate something with over 800,000 reports of injury? And we know that that's vastly underreported. How can you mandate something and tell people that they cannot have a right to earn a living to take care of their family if they don't participate in an ongoing human experiment and risk their lives in the process? It's wrong. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more now not about the safety data, but this incredible data that's coming, that's been collected by Dr. Uh, Paul Alexander and Dr. Peter McCullough and, and some great, Dr. Harvey Reich, some great people, showing without question that natural immunity developed post-infection is superior to immunity developed, to the short-lived immunity developed post Inoculation. We'll be right back, folks.
1: It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone. Just a friendly reminder that if you are very interested in being part of the solution, getting access to all of the recordings from COVIDCon21 that was hosted, uh, what was it, October 14th through 16th uh, at uh, Yuba City at the Church of Glad Tidings. If you're interested in in watching that entire event, getting the resources, being part of this growing community of people working together working together to do something truly historic, and that is build the world that we deserve to live in. Uh, You can join us by going to covidcon21.com. Click on the big yellow button that's all over the website uh, that says uh, get full access to everything, and that'll help you get set up there for a very small fee. And keep in mind that all of the dollars that you spend go to support unbiased, uh, science, uh, really well constructed legal arguments, and um, you know, empirical evidence based education. You know, we want to make sure that we, everything we say we can prove, and that's uh, always my promise to you. Let's jump back in to this and answering some questions because one of the really good questions that I think is uh, important for us to answer is natural immunity that's developed post infection superior to the immunity developed post experimental inoculation that's the question right that's the thing that the cdc and the fda and the hhs they don't want to admit this they don't want to admit this they don't want to admit that if you're under 65 years of age the recovery rate according to the cdc is 99.6% they don't want to admit that these are still in clinical trials and therefore experimental, they just want you to believe this same ridiculous idea they keep putting out there, that these are safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Let me tell you something. A product isn't safe and effective because someone says so. A product is safe and effective because in terms of safety, we are seeing it not injure anyone, not kill anyone. That's what makes something safe something is effective in this scenario because it prevents the spread of the disease. But what's so alarming is that in every country with a high percentage of their population inoculated using these experimental products, we see when we compare 2021 data to 2020 data, we see that more people are getting sick post-inoculation, more people are getting sick in these societies than they were in the previous year. That's very alarming. That's telling us that not only is this so-called solution not working, but that it very well may be contributing to being part of the problem. So what's the solution? Well, let's look at natural immunity. I'm going to read a couple of uh, these two. I want you to to see some of these amazing, um, this research, this evidence that uh, Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Howard Tenenbaum, um, Dr. Parvez Dara, Dr. Ramin uh, Asquai, and I I keep, I'm going to have to figure out how to pronounce their name. I, I feel like I'm mispronouncing it. And of course, the great Dr. Peter McCullough have put together here, 91 studies, folks, 91 studies. Have been conducted that show that natural immunity developed post-infection is far superior, far longer-lasting, far more durable and flexible, meaning it can handle new variants than the immunity that's developed post-inoculation. Here's one of my favorite ones in here. It's the third one out of the ninety uh, out of the ninety-one. It's comparing SARS-CoV-2 natural immunity to vaccine-induced immunity, reinfections versus breakthrough infections. A retrospective observational study comparing three groups, SARS-CoV-2 naive individuals who received a two-dose regimen of the Pfizer BioNTech um, mRNA uh, so-called vaccine, The second group, previously infected individuals who have not been inoculated. And three, previously infected and single-dose inoculated individuals found uh, that a 13-fold increase in breakthrough Delta infections in the double vaccinated person. That means that the double vaccinated, the people who were quote-unquote fully vaccinated were more likely to contract the Delta variant. They went on and found a 27-fold increase risk for symptomatic breakthrough infection in the double vaccinated as well. So this is saying that these experimental biologics not only are not protecting people from contracting uh, the virus and future variants of the virus, variations of the virus, but that it is making them more likely to be infected by the experimental, um, excuse me, by the variants, right? That's crazy, okay? The risk of hospitalization was eight times higher in the double um, inoculated um, patients. Their conclusions, this analysis demonstrated that natural immunity affords longer lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease and hospitalization due to the Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2, compared to the Pfizer-BioNTech biologic two-dose vaccine-induced immunity. What a great study, right? They asked a hard question, and they sought empirical evidence to get their answer. Uh, Let me read the first one for you as well. Necessity of COVID-19 vaccination in previously infected Individuals. What they are saying here is cumulative incidence of COVID-19 was examined among 52,000 employees in an American healthcare system, 52,000 people in this sample size. The cumulative incidence of SARS-CoV-2 infection remained almost zero among previously infected unvaccinated subjects. What this is saying is that if you were infected, recovered, and did not get did not participate in the experimental inoculations, that your chance of infection, future infection, was almost zero. Previously infected subjects who were vaccinated and previously um, uninfected subjects who were vaccinated, compared with a steady increase in cumulative incidence among previously uninfected subjects who remained unvaccinated not one of the 1,359 previously infected subjects who remain unvaccinated has had a SARS-CoV-2 infection over the duration of the study. Individuals who have had SARS-CoV-2 infection are unlikely to benefit from the COVID vaccination. And why did I bring this up? Because we we need to talk intelligently about this, this rollout, this program. It's something we've been Saying for a long time. If this is really about public health and safety, the first thing that you would have to do is you'd have to qualify to participate in the experiment. And what would qualify you to participate in the experiment? Number one, if you are in an age range where there is a less than, uh, excuse me, where there is a, um, yeah, let me say it like that. If you're in an age range where you're Um, recovery rate is lower than 99%. I think you could make an argument for that at that point. So what that would exclude is everybody who's under 65 years of age, because if you're under 65 years of age, the recovery rate is 99.6% cumulatively. Now, if you wanted to be really strict, you could say under 50 years of age there's no justification based upon cdc data for anyone under 50 years of age having access to these experimental products there's no justification for it now if somebody wants to use their medical freedom to get it yeah okay but there's no justification scientifically for it when we're looking at the data when we go a little bit further And we look at this from a public health policy. The first thing you'd have to do to qualify is be in a high-risk demographic. So what's our high risk? Over 60 with um, pre-existing, multiple pre-existing conditions. That's our high-risk group. We've known this since February of 2020. Hasn't changed. If you're in that group, yeah, you should be eligible. But there's a second factor to confirm your eligibility. And that is upon a blood draw, there is no presence of antibodies and there is no evidence of T cell priming um, in response. So that is to say, there's no evidence that you already have established immunity. People who already have established immunity from a prior infection should not be eligible, why? Because there is no gain of benefit for them, there is only risk. The whole point of the inoculation is to supposedly confer a challenge, co-opting cellular function to produce the spike protein to perform a challenge so that the immune system has to go to work and can develop antibodies and activate itself against the spike protein. That's the whole theory of it. But if you already have natural immunity because you were infected previously and recovered, there is no benefit. You cannot become more immune To something you are already immune to. And I think that's a very important point for us to make. So I hope you will share this information, this wonderful study by Dr. Paul Alexander and team, um, and Dr. Peter McCullough and, and everyone, because it really pulled together a lot of information that's very easy to read and understand that shows that, and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling down the page right now, that shows definitively natural immunity is uh, from the infection is far superior to any immunity, any short-lived immunity conferred by the experimental inoculations or in response to the experimental inoculations. So uh, let's go ahead and take another quick break and then we'll we'll close this down. There's so much more we can talk about. Maybe we'll set this up for another segment or something like that, but there's so much more we can talk about. but I hope you're getting the feeling here. The truth is hiding in plain sight. So let's make sure that everyone who's misleading knows that we know the truth. See you in a second. In 2008,
1: the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. One second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert.
0: Okay, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this show and I hope you've enjoyed some of the preliminary um, information that we shared. Uh, you, know, you can get all this for free. Just go to the podcast uh, on this when it comes up and uh, you'll be able to download the entire slide deck so you have information at your disposal to tap into the power that you already possess, that you can have leverage in conversations with public health officials, with employers, with schools, with anyone who's attempting to push forward a narrative that is not based upon any empirical evidence. Right, The truth is hiding in plain sight. So let's make sure everybody sees it. When we're looking at this, you know, I think it's important. I think the argument in front of us is not necessarily going to be about masks or anything because we know those don't work. It's unfortunately not even going to be about mandates because they've just pressed forward so much and we're going to have to wait until courts come to their senses and start to um, start to really rule on these in, in a way that's in alignment with our laws and our, our code of ethics, I think what's important for us, though, is to get all over this natural immunity thing, showing that if you have recovered, you are not in need of an inoculation. If you have recovered, you are not in need of a passport to go anywhere. If you've recovered, you're no threat to anyone. You're actually exactly what we want in our society. A person who's recovered is going to make it safer for people who have not yet been infected. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I think it's important to be very aware of how to prime your immune system. For that information, you can go to uh, covidcon21.com. You can go to our free resources page. Keep in mind, it's all for educational purposes. And we would encourage you to discuss all of this information with your healthcare team so that you can get everybody on board. We're not here to tell you what to do. We're just here to share information from the heart for the betterment of all. That's that's it. And uh, hopefully we still have the freedom to do that. So I'm Dr. Henry Ely uh, for the Energetic Health Institute and for Energetic Health Radio. It is a pleasure to be back on the air with you. Thank you so much for listening. May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone that you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. Next week, we will come together and I'll see if I can get Kevin Jenkins on with us and get uh, some of these wonderful presenters from CC21 to talk about what they're up to because they have some great projects that are in the works right now. Um, and we'll see if we can get some some of these great these really these American heroes um, on the on the air for you to listen to, learn from, and give you more hope and confidence that not only are we winning, but uh, our victory is a virtual certainty. At this point, we just got to keep doing the work and make sure we outlast what's left of the evil. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend.